with the shot. It's Jaws. On the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Right on a corner pattern for Williams, and the pass is intercepted. The Honey Badger got him. And did I say Rivers hadn't thrown a pick yet? He has now. The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. Mahomes has time here. Throws it long. He's got a man in the middle of the field. Watkins, 15, 10, 5, angling left. Touchdown, Kansas City. Here's Jay Binkley. Kansas City Chiefs get the win 17-14. It wasn't pretty. We've been saying that the last six weeks. But the bottom line is there are W's. Welcome. I'm Jay Binkley for the next couple of hours. Here from the locker room, taking reaction, we'll hear from Chief Sideline reporter Josh Klingler and P, uh, PG Sween on Twitter, Pete Sweeney, of course, and producing, as always, Kramer Sansone and Kramer. We are right there on the cusp of finishing this season. Man, has this season gone by fast, but the bottom line is here, and this is the chief opinion on this matter. Get to your phone calls in just a second. But that was the most wins the Chiefs have ever had in their history. They've never had 14 wins. Think about as long as this history is with this Chiefs. Think about the great coaches. Now, we can't really include Hank Strand because they didn't play 16 games, but with Marty Schottenheimer, Coach Reed has had 13 before, but never 14. Not only that, in his history of his own coaching career, 2004, he had 13 wins with Philadelphia. Never has he reached 14. So the Chiefs and Andy Reed set a record for most wins. Now, 23-1 23-1 and one in their last 24 games means this team just not doesn't lose very often. They know how to win. But get this. They have the bye week in the AFC. That is crucial. Teams that have had a bye week have been to the Super Bowl 60 times since 1990. The last seven Super Bowls, it matters. Both teams had a bye that made the last seven Super Bowls. Now it becomes even more crucial because that's what two teams, get this, since 1978, at least one team that's had a bye. Keep in mind, there's been four, usually in a season. But there's been a team since 1978 with a bye to make it to the Super Bowl. 79% chance that they expanded the playoffs in 1990. Chances are pretty good, okay? Kansas City Chiefs, again, 60 teams since 1990. Last seven Super Bowl participants all had a team with a bye, including the Kansas City Chiefs last year. But they're being the only team in the AFC with a bye is important. That was important for this season to get that bye wrapped up. And yes, if Pittsburgh would have lost, this game wouldn't have mattered. But you know what? They didn't lose. Thought they were going to lose. Colts blew a big one in that one, but the Kansas City Chiefs get the records. Mahomes now a touchdown in 25 straight games. But how about Travis Kelsey? First tied in in NFL history with 100 catches in two seasons. No one's ever done that. Now, Zach Ertz once had 116. Jason Witten had 110. So he didn't have that record as far as single season receptions, but he owns the receiving yardage record out of all tight ends. He's at 1,416 yards right now, which leads all NFL pass catchers. Stephon Diggs hasn't played yet. He plays tomorrow night. But Travis Kelsey with about a 100-yard lead on him. It's amazing what he's done. He tell you, he has a personal record now with 105 catches, topping 103 in 2018. Of course, a personal high with 11 touchdowns. This is why you're watching the greatest of all time. I don't even think there's an argument that Travis Kelsey is the best player at tight end we've ever seen in the NFL. Matter of fact, I think it's the only unarguable player in his position in Kansas City sports history where 
if you have arguments, you can stat, you can put out these stats. Five straight 1,000-yard seasons, the only tight end with two 100-yard seasons, tight end receiving yardage record. What more can he do? He's won a Super Bowl ring, should be the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. But Travis Kelsey, absolutely unbelievable. But the most important thing here is the Chiefs get the bye, and they can rest players. Sammy Watkins, Ben Neiman could use a little bit of rest going after this week. Maybe Le'Veon Bell, who got a little bit nicked up. They didn't really mention him, but uh, Darrell Williams looked good again today for the Chiefs. And, you know, they're going to need him. They're going to need Darrell Williams down the stretch. Third and one, pick up those yards. And the offensive line gets behind him and pushes him. But the bottom line is, and this was not a pretty game. They were fortunate. The Chiefs were fortunate in this game. Atlanta drops an interception. Young Way Koo misses a field goal. He's only missed one this season. That was 39 yards on a platter. He's missed one all season. He is the NFC representative for kickers, the NFL's leading scorer. He misses a 39-yarder. But had he made it, maybe look at it overtime, I'll take the Chiefs at home in overtime over the Atlanta Falcons every single day. This team has been challenged in the last six games. This is seven games now where they've won by less than a touchdown. It had never been six times. But they've done it seven straight times, which means they know how to win late. And that's going to be important. They've had 10 comeback wins this year. No other NFL team has had that. Again, the postseason last year, 24 points behind against the Texans, 10 behind against the Titans, 10 behind against the Niners. But let's keep this in perspective. The only team at this point with the first round bye. Again, I'll go through those percentages again, but it's absolutely empirical to get that number one seed. Let's go no huddle. At the 40, foot race 30, see you later. A fade route right side, it's intercepted, intercepted, got it at the 20-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610. That's right, the Silverstein Eye Center's phone line, 913-576-7610. Brought to you by Evansville Distillery, Independence, Missouri. Try their rye whiskey. Try that. Put a rock in it. Go for it. You know what I'm talking about. Evansfield has your rum and whiskey taken care of, and especially that rye whiskey. But we'll take your calls now, as we will throughout the show, but this is no huddle. 913-576-7610. Say some fun. Michael in South KC. What's up, Michael? Hey, what's happening? How are you? All right. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've been doing good so year. So uh, all year long with the with the pass receiving, but now I don't know where it went. <laughs> you know? The, the offense, you know, it was a it was a rough day for the offense. You yeah. know what's funny is the NFL would have these games twenty seven to ten, twenty seven to seven. They call them destroying butt beats or whatever. But the Chiefs yeah. just kept winning. Now they had twenty eight straight games of twenty points or more. They did right. not eclipse that today, and I think they would be the first one to admit that they were not sharp offensively. I thought right. this was going to be a big game for the pass catchers. You know why? Yeah. This is what Denny Matthews once said of the Kansas City Royals, the voice with him, and it makes yep. so much sense. He said, expect the unexpected. And yeah. This is when two pitchers were going to start that had good ERAs, <laughs> and you expected a two-to-one game. And you know what? It would be 10-9. to nine. These Falcons yeah. had the second-worst pass defense in the NFL. Chiefs were the number yeah. one pass offense. Yeah. It makes sense that they'd light them up. Well, yeah. in sports, sometimes things don't go our way. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. But we still won the game, so go Chiefs. That's right. That's right, Michael. That's the important thing. They won the game. Again, there is no column for style points. 
I think sometimes the national media wants style points because they look at that when it's MVP or anything. It's wins. Patrick Mahomes has more wins than the other quarterback. He does not lose by more than one score. No other quarterback can say this. Patrick Mahomes didn't lose 38-10 to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, but Aaron Rodgers did. Let's go to Double J and KC. What's up, Double J? Bink, what's up, man? Yeah, like, hey, like you said, uh, it was a, it wasn't a pretty game today, but at the end of the day, we got the dub, and that all that matters. Uh, and you got to tip your hat to the defense. They played pretty solid today. They, I mean, yeah, they gave up a few points, but for the most part, they got pressure on Matt Ryan. No, Double they J, the four sacks this team had. The quarterback hits this team had. This defense made the difference for this game. Willie Gay leading in tackles. This defense is in the form you want it. The offense will come around. I'm not worried about that. Me either. And saw Chris Jones signing today and Frank Clark signing. Let's go, Chiefs. Great win. Good job, Double J. Good call. Chester. What's up? Chester, I need a sermon. All right. Mind tough. Heart tough. Soul tough, strength tough, even congratulations tough. Fourteen and one, got the bye. These are things record breaking, spreading the wealth all around. Oh, you talking about being in the furnace? Everybody out you after you. You in the hunt, but you hunted. But when the fire burns, there was the fourth element, the four D. There's offense, defense, and special teams. Sometimes, which way did the wind blow? Oh, they, the opposition missed the field goal. Which way do you bounce off the ground? Did you control the ball? That interception didn't count. And then we got the touch. But who made the touchdown? Robinson. Oh, you're talking about nine tackles by game, which are two linebackers uh, injured. Oh, keeping them down to 14 points. It's given to the one that endures to the end. I'll keep the fire burning because destiny has a fire. But whose name is it calling? Oh, you know, the first time, let no man take your crown. But the second time, tell him, destiny is calling my name. The crown still fits. This is bigger than all of us, but this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. But who and what, where and why, who's calling your name? Congratulations. You are game closer. God bless you. Thanks, Chester. Good job there. And this defense, unbelievable. They had 12 quarterback hits today. Chris Jones had four quarterback hits. He was getting back there making things tough for uh, Matt Ryan. Frank Clark with three quarterback hits, including one I think he probably could have got a fumble on, didn't get it as Matt Ryan was able to get that ball out. But, again, 12 quarterback hits for the Chiefs today. And as far as quarterback knockdowns, the Chiefs were tied for second in the NFL coming into this at 53. Yeah, they've made a difference getting to the quarterback and hitting them. They were able to get back there 12 times today, including four sacks. Unbelievable performance by this Chiefs defense. They were stingy, and they held things through for the offense. They didn't wait for Patrick Mahomes to come in and save the day. Again, we've seen the defense do this like the Broncos game. I think it was the Harrison Butker in, in the defense game. We've seen this before. You're going to get everybody's best shot. These Falcons have played some close games. Yes, they know how to lose games in epic fashion. Plus 65 in points in the first half, minus 65 in the second. 
Detroit Chiefs linebacker Derek Johnson joins Fesco in the morning. Mondays at 7.30, 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAFHD2 Liberty, a radio.com sports station. There you go. Derek Johnson will join us 7.30 in the morning. I'll be sitting in with Kling and Wachowski there. Blake and Shawnee, what's up? Hey, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Sneed, man. I, I hate that we we lost uh, Hilaire, um, but at least in terms of rookie performances, man, uh, that sack was huge that he had, uh, and I couldn't be happier with his performance. Two he, straight he games, had, two straight games, Steve, where he's had a sack and he's got three interceptions. The Chiefs have a Rookie of the Year called the Mackley Hill Award. And I started talking about it last week. Who's your MVP? Who's been the most impactful? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Legereus Sneed. There is a great argument that that guy resists or resides in Legereus Sneed. In my opinion, that's the Chiefs Rookie of the Year. Hey, he, he's making a run for it, man. And uh, he, he's flown under the radar, and hopefully he doesn't fly under the radar anymore because he's he's huge. Uh, I, I'm super excited that we have him. Can't wait to see, uh, you know, his future. It's a great fourth-round pick by Brett Veach. No question about that. I mean, this guy has been all over the field, and he can do multiple different positions. He's incredible to on the football field. Let's go to Steve and Lenexa. Steve, what's up? I'm back in cheese! Number one seed again! Now, let me tell you, this is the most inconsistent 14-1 and one team, but I'll take it. We need a break. We need about 20 days off. I'm getting tired of watching this football team, to be honest. Let's just address the everybody's hurt, everybody's nicked up this this time of the year. Rest everyone. I don't I don't give a, a rat's patoot if we're 15 and one. We need 20 days of rest. We need everybody to refresh. Don't put let's not put lipstick on a pig. Let's just call it for what it is. It's great. We're 14 and one, but, but let's get real. Let's let, let, let's get real. We are not going to beat you. You will not beat a legitimate playoff team playing what we saw today. Yeah, I mean, but the bottom line is, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Hey, wait, wait a second. I understand what you're saying, but every team has played duds. You know, Pittsburgh sits at 12-3. and three. That's the second best record in the NFL. They had lost three straight going into this. Chiefs we're had the world, And they had a the comeback world, win today. We're the world champions. We don't play the world champions with one of the greatest offenses in history. We don't play duds. We don't make excuses. We won. We played like crap. We won. Yep. Now let's move. Let's move on and beat a legitimate. Because I guarantee you, Tennessee would have crushed you. Julio Jones would have crushed you if. And let's let's get real. If Atlanta was here today, if you're going to take on the upper echelon, you do not have a prayer. So let's stop kissing everybody's butt and let's just take it for what it is. Twenty days off. Restart. Refresh. Get healthy. And go Chiefs. Thank you. Well, but the thing is, they're 23-1 and their last 24 games. Nobody else can say that. It's 10 straight wins for this organization as well, tying the record back in 2015. Yeah, the bottom line is this. Yes, no Julio Jones. Big deal. Tyreek Hills has twice as many touchdowns as him since 2016. And bottom line is, they won the game. Now, I'm not afraid of Derrick Henry. You afraid of Derrick Henry? If you are, go get a dog. Because he came in crushing everybody, and he had 69 yards rushing against this Chiefs defense last year in the playoffs. You afraid of him? I'm not. Big T and Shawnee, what's up?
Yeah, hey, uh, just like to say, hey, 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 thank you, Mr. Robinson. And then, you know, the Chiefs organization, uh, Andy Reid and Kelsey, all records today. Great job by them. You know, people could call in and complain, oh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shut up until the game starts. The playoffs haven't even started yet. Be happy. Be happy. It sounds like somebody had a bad Christmas. Way to go, Kansas City Chiefs. Not every, not every game's going to be pretty. It is ugly. The offense did play like crap today, but there was a few exceptions. Williams had a good game. Kelsey did all right. You know, and, and, and Robinson, when he got his chance, that was the touchdown. And what was the play before that? Atlanta could have sealed the, sealed the game. Their defensive back didn't come down with the play. So what happens? A great team takes advantage of, and they win. They just keep winning. Just keep racking up the wins. We're going to rest. We have the buy. You're right. That is huge. That is huge. And, and we're going to get rested. We'll be ready. We're the defending world champs. And then we've a chance to tie it. Uh, you said it. The field goal kicker, Pro Bowl kicker, Dr. Wu, lines up. It looks like it's going to be good. Goes to barrel, heads pass, blows it wide to the goal post. Chiefs win. That's all it needs to be said. And as always, let's go Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go Kansas City Chiefs. Again, complaining about 14-1. Pittsburgh had lost three straight. They were down 24-7. They came back and won. Good job there. Buffalo Bills are the three seed right now. Chiefs beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Tennessee, they haven't played yet. Tennessee's been up and down. Miami, or the fifth seed, Chiefs beat Miami in Miami. It took an unbelievable head-scratcher by John Gruden yesterday for them to win. Baltimore is the sixth seed. Chiefs beat Baltimore in Baltimore. And Cleveland lost to the New York Jets today. So, again, are you going to talk to me about consistency? Because you can't. Chiefs are 14-1. and They've won 23 out of 24. You cannot talk to me about consistency. Yes, it didn't look good. But, again, the rest of the AFC hasn't looked good either. Again, we looked through the Chiefs through a microscope. Let's take a look around the NFL, and you'll see a lot of uh, unusual circumstances. JW, north of the river. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, these complaints, by God. Yeah, did they even have a starting linebacker in there? I they, mean, uh, their offensive line—they missed Hitchens and 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 Wilson, and you saw a lot of Ben Neiman. Uh, Cobb was uh, brought up for the practice squad, and Willie Gay uh, yeah, had know, his best it, game. I mean, you can't tell me. You know, I've had a chest contusion. You can't tell me that Mahomes wasn't doesn't have a chest contusion. Uh, you know, after that hit a couple weeks ago. And he was really late for the post game uh, interview. Uh, I, there's, you know, I know he's hurting, and he's not going to admit it. That whole team is beat to hell, you know. I mean, and they still find a way, a way to win. I, I, I don't. But some of these people that complain, my God, you know, they beat everybody in the damn world. If it wasn't for one game, that'd be amazing. You'd have a twenty what twenty three and zip. But, you know, I, I could ask you a question, not to change the subject, but, uh, you know, I've been around probably too long, but I was a witness to that Christmas Eve game, you know, in 71. And could you count, if you ever got time, how many uh, players on that those two teams actually are in the Hall of Fame now? Yeah, nine of them are. And then, I mean, uh, not only the Chiefs, but uh, Ten Miami. if you include the owner. Oh my lord! Even even Miami, I thought there might have been more. No, I no, I don't know. Not Miami. I mean, it's, it's just the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs, but Miami. That team is loaded with Hall of Famers. That game, that game, my friend, was one of the best games you'll ever see. Oh my God! Yeah, I listened to that on transistor radio because uh, you know they were blacked out because it was a home game, even though it was sold out, which was terrible. I think that changed a lot of policies. 
But you know one thing about it. You know the Hall of Famer, Jan Stenerud, he missed a makeable field goal, and the little guy who premium hit a 52-yarder. And it was one hell of a disappointment. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not complaining. 14-1, and one, Jesus Christ, that's one step. Well, you got to think about the players that they had in that game. Nick Budakani is oh, in the yeah. Hall of Fame in that game. Uh, Larry Zonka in the Hall of Fame in that game. Bob Greasy in the Hall of Fame in that game. Uh, Jim Langer was 1970. Not sure if he actually played much of that game, but Larry Little uh, was in that game. I mean, yeah, it's loaded with it. I mean, that, that was one of the best all-time games in NFL history. Oh, you, you know, Sports Illustrated did. They picked Kansas City and, uh, I think, Dallas to be in the Super Bowl that year, and Kansas City didn't quite make it. You know, that was actually one year before Pittsburgh really came onto the scene. But uh, we would have played Pittsburgh here, I believe, and the weather was 50 degrees, and uh, Pittsburgh was really not quite there yet. We would have probably been in the Super Bowl if we uh, probably made a field goal after after that return that Polak made. I think he he returned a, a, a pinnacle punt to maybe the 30, 35-yard line, and I think Jan missed the field goal for a regular I think it was uh, just just in the uh, actually the game before overtime. But yeah, thanks a lot for taking my call. Thank you very much. 1971 season was the I believe that longest game um, between the Chiefs and the Dolphins at Municipal Stadium. Gary Premian actually kicked the uh, winning field goal there. Thanks for the call, North the River, uh, representing North uh, the River Strong GW. Let's go to Brian and Stillwell. What's up, Brian? Hey, not much. Uh, great, great game today. I have an issue with the play calling inside the 20 when they have a chance to score early in the game and the play requires a choreographer. <laughs> You're talking about the Rose Bowl, right? The uh, parade? Uh, whatever play. they do, their little twist around the trial. That we done. haven't seen yet this year. Yeah, that's right. Atlanta was on to it. That guy zoomed in on uh, Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, bright, the bright thing about that was there was an interception, but it wasn't Mahomes. It didn't go against his record. But I think inside the 20, they, I don't know, it just seems like they change. They they, they do stuff that doesn't produce. Uh, they don't take what they're giving them, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, I wonder what uh, Vince Lombardi would say about that play call. Well, I don't uh, think the uh, Chiefs would have. But uh, Vince Lombardi always said, if you didn't win, you're the first loser. So he would have called uh, the Falcons losers today. Of course, of course. But, uh, you know, the, the line on the charts where the Chiefs have an off day and their chart goes down and uh, they play the team where they're playing one of their better games and at the end of the game the, the lines are crossed came pretty close today to being in the Atlanta's favor. Well, the bottom line is, and this is the one thing to look forward to, Brian, is Andy Reid now 19-3 and after bye weeks. He knows what he's doing. You give him a little extra time and look out. He and the uh, powers to be, be enemy, and now they're talking Mike Kafka could take over head coaching jobs. Some I've been talking about all year that Mike Kafka don't sleep on this guy being an NFL head coach is uh, Mike Kafka, and that's the two guys' uh, offensive brainchilds, passing coordinator and quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka. Eric Bieniemy will get a head coaching job too. So that's three head coaches coming together probably uh, very soon in the NFL. Bieniemy next year, and maybe Kafka. At least he'll interview for some, and he'll be a head coach then. Two years probably at at the max, but that's those minds coming together. Andy Reid seven and two in the postseason after bye, so look forward to that. Coming up next, though, we do the play of the game. Plus, we'll talk to Chief sideline reporter Josh Klingler next. 
This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game. A remarkable acrobatic scramble, and the kick is good! He got it! A 41-yard corner pattern to the near side. Brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. Mazarese Jewelry, in the business of forever. Kaiser in the block, now he releases. Mahomes throws for the end zone, the pass caught! Wide open, touchdown! Kansas City, Demarcus Robinson on a deep post! And finally Mahomes releases deep, had a shot, he took it, and the Chiefs regain the lead at 16-14 on a 25-yard deep post to Demarcus Robinson. That's the play of the game to Marcus Robinson. 25-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes. Harrison Butker's kick was good. Culminating a nine-play, 75-yard drive. That in a minute 55 in the fourth quarter. Came right after the near interception. He goes straight to Demarcus Robinson. That's brought to you by Mazarese. Tell callers to call in at 9.30 in the morning tomorrow, Fesco in the morning, to name a player involved in the play of the game for a $25 gift card to Topper's Pizza with a chance at a monthly grand prize of $500 to Mazaris. I'll happen to be here with Kling for that, so I can remember it for the second straight week. I don't need to email anybody, because I, I I know this play is the play of the game. Was going to be Willie Gay's fourth fumble. Was going to be that, but nothing culminated out of that. But that put the Chiefs ahead for good. Speaking of Josh Klingler, he's the sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs and co-host Fesco in the morning. You hear him uh, daily, 5.58 to 10 a.m., Kling, good afternoon. I will count on you to remember the play of the game. I will, Kling. I will remember the play of the game. Tomorrow it, at 930. It was going to be Willie Gay. I have that. It was going to be Willie Gay because I want to do defense mm-hmm. because they really shined on defense. And the call uh, on the missed field goal was so good by Mitch. That was almost the play of the game. But I had to go with the Marcus Robinson just because of how important that was. Because Patrick Mahomes, you know, he misses all, nearly intercepted. The time before that, then boom, he strikes to Marcus Robinson the next play. I thought that was huge. Yeah, it absolutely was because that would have been another bad interception. His his interception earlier in the game was not a good one. Um, you know, it's not often that he looks fooled. And I thought, the, I thought Atlanta did a really good job of disguising some things and fooling Patrick Mahomes. I know he talked about that a little bit after the game today. And yeah, he didn't uh, didn't look off Travis Kelsey on the on the first interception and, and was going to Tyreek Hill the entire way. Um, on what could have been, you know, a, a devastating interception there, and then they come back and get the touchdown on the very next play. So, um, you have two interceptions, or uh, an interception near the uh, the end zone. Uh, another one that was obviously on a trick play that ends up kind of going in, and then you almost had the the interception again late going into the end zone. So, um, I guess it's that's where you see this these games either go vastly one way or another and that's what kind of made this one close i thought to me at times is that the uh you know the chiefs offense weren't weren't all that in sync today but uh credit the uh the defense for coming out with plays when it counted uh pushed you know a, a really good you know field goal kicker what looked like a, a, a pretty decent uh spot but um able to you know come away with the with the victory today so did a lot of work to get it done once again and it's never seemingly easy but a tenth comeback win on the season as well so uh hats off to the uh, the chiefs it's a it's a hard fought 14 and one you know the bottom line is clean they won their 14th game they've never done that in their history winning 14 games amy reed has never won 14 games as well a very uh, historic game for both and you know i'll give the falcons credit you know losing 17 to 14 they played some close games or morris actually has his team 
you know, playing quality football, and they could have rolled over and played dead, but they didn't. And as Denny Matthews once said, Kling, he said, expect the unexpected when he was talking about two pitchers going into a game with a good ERA. You know, don't expect two to one or one to nothing. Those games would only be always be like 10 to nine. This was the second worst pass defense. The Chiefs had the best passing offense in the NFL. And here we are with the Chiefs not getting 20 points for the first time in 28 games. I guess this was expect the unexpected. Yeah, it absolutely was because he couldn't have scripted this up that you thought if there was a game that, that the Falcons would stay in, it would be a shootout, right? That their defense would be giving up points. They would be getting after, you know, with Matt Ryan in that passing game, getting after the, the Chiefs defense a little bit, and it would be a high-scoring close game. Um, instead, this was a low-scoring uh, close game. A thoroughly entertaining game, and you love to come out on the on the right end of those, and you just see that, you know, the Chiefs and more often than not, have been a team that has that has found a way to win, and Atlanta seemingly is a team that finds its way into losses. So um, that's the fine line you run in the NFL. And when things are going great in your direction, I don't think you ask too many questions. <laughs> and then when uh, you know you're having a season like the Falcons, you're probably scratching your head quite a bit. Have you seen enough of the trick plays, Kling? Because they are fun to watch. We saw the Rose Bowl parade uh, play today that we haven't seen since the Super Bowl, where they do the spin action. It was snapped. It was handed to Mahomes. Mahomes flipped to Watkins. Watkins proceeded to throw an interception. It was a you know a time of the game where they could have used a first down. But I enjoy watching those plays. I do because it shows their creativity. But is there a fine line between being too creative? <laughs> yeah, oh for sure. I mean, when it when it's when it works, it's great. When it's not, it's a little too cute, right? And I mean, the 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 fans in the stands today. I mean, we were on the same boat. They go to the line and they do the spin, and everybody, the whole stadium goes whoa, like they were just <laughs> anticipating this was going to happen. And then it ends up being an, an interception. So yeah, it's a it's a fine line. Um, when those are executed, everything's great. And when those are not, you look back and go, boy, they really could have used uh, points. And that's a you know red zone turnover that they could have uh, done without in that scenario. Well, we're gonna have to deal with some peacocking tomorrow, Kling. Uh, I'm just warning you in advance. Uh, the producer of Fesco in the morning, Ryan Wachowski, everybody knows and loves him, um, Spanky, if you will, will be peacocking about saying Daryl Williams. Uh, will be used in crucial situations. Now, last week, it was Le'Veon Bell, who had 15 carries, and and Daryl had three. But and it was Le'Veon Bell that iced the game away against the Saints. It was Daryl Williams to have his second most productive running game of the year for the Chiefs, and he looked good, and he's been in a lot of those third down. Now, I saw Le'Veon Bell kind of limping around. I don't know what you saw on that from the sidelines, but even Mitch men- mentioned in the postgame, I don't know if he was 100%. Uh, but also, I I don't think that that I don't I honestly don't think that that matters. I think I think Daryl Williams is a guy that they use in certain situations. I talked about him a lot today on the pregame as well. That I've really liked his season. It's not splashy, but he knows his role and he has a definitive role in this team. And especially when they they run you know four minute offense or a heavy pass offense where you want somebody in, he's running those. I mean, he's the one that's running that offense. Yes, I think Le'Veon Bell was nicked up. Um, he had that uh, screenplay that went for uh, for an eight-yard gain and uh, went out and, and was getting looked at by the trainer and, and came back a little bit, but they didn't really use him from then on. But, um, you know, Daryl Williams proved today he's good on third downs. He's um, They used him in the, in the short yardage situations to convert as well and thought ran hard and straight and downhill. Um, and, and it just seems like I'm, I'm just not going to be kind of waiting for the Le'Veon Bell breakout because they've had opportunities to use them. I feel like Andy Reid has mentioned it a couple of times the last couple of weeks as well that seemingly, um, you know, he says 
you know, I wish I had him for the entire year, which leads me to believe that he's just not going to be in on, on certain situations, that he doesn't have the uh, the full, I guess, trust to have him in that entire playbook. So you're going to continue to see uh, Daryl Williams. I think there's going to be – you're going to have a Le'Veon Bell moment, um, a positive one in the, in the postseason ahead. But, you know, they're not going to heavily lean. It doesn't appear they're going to heavily lean on him to, you know, do a – 20 25 carry game it's going to be running back by committee and primarily passing right as we've seen out of this offense sure uh, the the Falcons hit the ball for about six six more minutes than the Chiefs and, but the Chiefs outran them this is a third straight game the Chiefs have outran their opponents in games and this Falcons team wasn't a good running team but they were a good passing team you look at fourth in the NFL in passing offense we know their success in the first half plus 65 minus 65 in the second half, this was a team that gave the Chiefs uh, good looks. But I'll tell you this, two rookies really stood out to me today. Legereus Sneed making a sack in back-to-back games. Willie Gay leading the team with nine tackles when he got a chance to shine. This has been, he got more snaps today than he has all season. He delivered because the injuries with Hitchin and Wilson, they needed a lot of Willie Gay in this game. They elevate Cobb to the active roster. But really, those rookies really shined today. This was really a defensive win. Yeah, and and you're right. The the rookies showed up, and then and we discussed it quite a bit during the broadcast. How tough the ask was at what the Chiefs were doing at linebacker today, because you had <laughs> Willie Gay, who's played about twenty percent, and then you've had the other two who have one had played only special teams in the NFL, and the other had never taken a snap in the NFL, in Amari Cobb. So, and then Darius Harris, who not only was playing at a starting linebacker spot, but also was getting the play calls in from the sidelines. So that was a lot. That was a big ask, and I thought they handled themselves pretty well. Now, you did see, I thought, Atlanta kind of take advantage of them late in the game once they kind of figured out how to attack the linebackers and, and made that a bit of a vulnerability. So getting the 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 top-end guys back, the Hitchens and the Damian Wilson back, will be imperative for this defense in the, in the postseason. But we've seen the Chiefs, again, figure out ways to adjust and overcome – uh, injuries and they did it again today mainly on the defensive side yeah Darius Harris that had special team snap this year but not a defensive snap this year uh, for mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs and Kling I've asked people this question and I do think it makes you think the Chiefs had that Mac Lee Hill award winner for the top rookie um, I think it's going to be a tough choice between Clyde and Legereus you're absolutely right and both you know it, it, before when Clyde had played every game I kind of gave him the nod. Well, now he's not going to have played every game, so it's almost like a little more evens out. But um, Legereus Needis has had a really, really nice uh, rookie campaign, impact uh, player as well. And, you know, it's not like you put a rookie in like that and sometimes they get picked on. And he doesn't get picked on because he holds his own. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very tough uh, race between between those two. Had, had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, you know, played every game during the regular season, I think he would have got the nod, but – now it may be a little a little closer race. Well, I tell you what, Kling, we'll see you tomorrow at 5.58 in the morning. Good talking to you on the Silverstein Eye Center's uh, hotline. Always good to hear from you. We'll, we'll talk to you uh, more about this game at 5.58 in the morning. Should be fun. Derek Johnson will join us at 7.30, and Chiefs color analyst Dean and Hughes will join us at uh, 8.35 tomorrow morning. Let's have fun and let's talk some Chiefs. Sounds good. Sounds easy, right? Talk Chiefs. <laughs> hey, you go, Kling. That was Kling. Josh Kling there brought to you by the Silverstein Eye Center Hotline. I'll whiz through these calls real quick, then we'll take a timeout. Let's go to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? I think how, how 
How about those Chiefs? How about him, Dean? Fourteen and one. First time, Andy Reid, fourteen one. I agree with you, Hank Stram, Dick Vermeil, and Mark. I, I, I'm surprised they didn't win fourteen when Dick Dick Vermeil went that a great offense. But I tell you something, great team win and a great hustle by Tyree Kill by saving that touchdown on that first interception by Patrick and uh, the second one, uh, AJ Terrell just didn't come down with it. And then after that, down Marcus Robinson with a game-winning touchdown. Now, next Sunday, Bink, I, th- I heard Rich Bonner say the Chiefs will play their stars in their first half. What do you think? Take, let's take care of the Chargers. Take care of yourself. Hey, Dan, I, I think they're going to rest people. I do. I think they're going to rest a lot of people uh, next week. And, you know, keep in mind, as Travis Kelsey said after the game, you know, when they asked about individual records, the uh, record he cares about is 14-1. and one. Very unselfish team. And uh, they got the action today. This team, I think, will rest up and have a couple weeks rest before the postseason. C.J. and Bonner Springs. What's up, C.J.? Hey, Bank. I just wanted to ask you, um, I always hear about, like, you know, the champs get everyone's best effort every week. Um, so I wanted to see your opinion on uh, is it that they're getting everyone's best shot every week or they're just, like, bored playing, you know, kind of bad or, you know, mediocre teams? I, I think they're getting everybody's best shot. Even the bad teams are – you know, kind of bring in the noise a little bit. Raheem Morris, I thought, had a good game plan against the Chiefs. I think there's enough game film on the Chiefs this year that teams are putting together what's working, what didn't work against the Chiefs. They're always going to make team seasons by beating them. Look at the Raiders. They're celebrating a Week 5 victory over the Chiefs. All the Raiders being eliminated in the playoffs, doing victory laps over Arrowhead Stadium. How about that? A week 5 that. champions, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Great win by them. Yeah, now they're gone. Yeah, now they're gone. All, all they have is the speeding us, you know. Uh, like they say, uh, fourteen and Raiders. So yeah. Yeah, they peed down their leg. Five of six. They lost five of six down the stretch last year. I told everybody this. Kramer didn't want to believe me, but it came to fruition. Should have got Raiders. You know, yeah. Super Bowl win for them. That's right. That's right, CJ. Well, here's the thing. And Justin Herbert, a nice game. He's killing it for rookies. Four thousand yards passing, twenty-five touchdowns. He is the second-best quarterback in this division. I don't think there's any doubt on that. We'll take a timeout. We'll head inside the locker room as well. Plus, you can always call in, 913-576-7610. It's also Smitty's Garage, Burgers and Beer text line. But we'll hear from Pete Sweeney next. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Chiefs win 17 to 14. The injury report by Andy Reid was it looks like Sammy Watkins uh, hamstring and Ben Neiman a hamstring as well. We'll keep an eye on that. It looked like uh, Le'Veon Bell got banged up a little bit too, but we'll ask our next guest what he thinks about that. Right now, we'll go out on the Silverstein Ice Center's hotline. Kansas City's most trusted eye doctors. We go out to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, and our Chiefs insider. What's up, Pete? Jay, what's going on? Any injuries concern you? We know about Watkins, and that could probably heal by the playoffs. Ben Neiman getting helped by the playoffs. But Le'Veon Bell appeared to be banged up for a little bit, too, but they didn't really mention that other than banged up. Yeah, it seems like Bell is okay. I thought it was nice to see that Daryl Williams had what I thought was a nice game. I, I was watching Williams, and I was saying to myself, and it's it's weird to be saying this because you're looking at Daryl versus Levy on Bell, but I thought Williams looked a little sharper even when he was in the game, and I, I wasn't sure that Bell was indeed banged up. That was something that I asked Andy Reid after, and 
good on Williams to stay with it. He was clearly the number two guy and ended up being, I guess, pseudo replaced, you could call it, by Bell midway through the year. And he had a nice game today. He had 10 attempts for the 46 yards. Yeah, he looked good today. It's been the closer, been the trusted guy on third down. It was Bell that iced the game away against New Orleans. But other than that, Pete, I think the story of the day, kind of like the Broncos game that was all about Harrison Butker and the defense, this defense really shined today. This this passing offense, and I don't know Julio Jones, but the fourth-best passing offense in the NFL, they've played some close games. They probably should have three more wins than what they're sitting on right now. But I thought that the, this defense played extremely well. The third straight game, the Chiefs have outrushed their opponents. Willie Gay with nine tackles and Legereus Sneed with yet another sack. Two straight weeks for the cornerback getting sacks. I thought those two rookies really shined. Yeah, I was really impressed with the defense. And A, like, let, let's start with the defensive line. Like, so I felt like the pass rushers looked better than they've looked in a really long time. You could see that there was confidence in Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Those back-to-back sacks were key. And I also felt that some of the marginal ends or secondary type of ends in Alex Okafor getting the sack, Mike Dana, early in the game you had the tackle and Turk Wharton looked pretty good and then you go to the second level and the problem that you've been hearing for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks is the idea that like Willie Gay is not ready yet and he needs all this guidance and Anthony Hitchens is ruled out for this game Damian Wilson not playing in this game because of a knee so you have Ben Neiman in there I guess he's the one giving Gay the calls and then all of a sudden he's out of the game So now Gay, who everyone's been worried about, the defense has been worried about, Spags has been worried about to play and be on his own and on an island, he has to rise to the occasion with Darius Harris, a a fellow young player, guiding him along. And I just thought that that unit looked really good. Amari Cobb off the practice squad. You know, one of the things Gay said was that it really felt like it was rookie minicamp out there. And this was an actual game. And they were making a difference. And then in the secondary, you know, Matthew continues to be Matthew. But Legereus Sneed, the fourth-round rookie, he looks not only like one of the better players in the secondary on the Chiefs. We're talking about the league, period. This guy was an incredible find in the fourth round, and he continues to do it every week. It's Sometimes you see these rookies, and because they're rookies, we get excited about one game. But Sneed, in different ways impacts the game each and every week impressive to say about a rookie yeah Darius Harris playing his first defensive snaps he's been on special teams in Amari uh, Amari Cobb making his uh, NFL debut today so a couple of guys that don't get playing time getting playing time but I think also Pete with the four sacks and the fact they had 12 quarterback hits uh, Chris Jones had four himself and Frank Clark had three but you're right about that pressure because 12 quarterback hits, and they're number two in the NFL in quarterback knockdowns coming to this game. That's a stat people don't really even realize. Yeah, I, I've, and, and granted, the Falcons are 4 and 10, but this is still Matt Ryan. And I, I just, I think about that, and I think about holding them to 14 points. And I, I look at this game, and this is probably the final game that we'll see of the two starting units. I mean, I know that there's going to be people that are calling and sending texts in and saying, these Chiefs can't finish like that. They have to play some guys next week. They're not going to. Andy Reid does the same thing. Every time he has it wrapped up, he gives the guys an additional break. So this is the last time we'll see these Chiefs units till January 16th or whatever it is. And so 
I, I look at the game and I say, okay, you wish the offense was a little bit more fluid. You wish that they were scoring more points. But I also think about it and say, what we saw from the defense was progress. And they're finally looking like what we saw last year toward the end of the season, which was a reason the Chiefs win games. Like today, the defense was the reason that they were able to win the game with the offensive performance. And I could count on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, and them to figure out how to get this offense where it needs to be entering the divisional round playoffs. I needed to see this from the defense, and I think a lot of fans did too. And that's where I, I take away from this game. It's like, okay, this is what we've been waiting for for a long time, a strong defensive effort against a unit. Granted, they didn't have Julio Jones, but still that, that can score points and put up points. And to hold them to 14 with the 38-yard missed field goal I thought was a nice effort. Yeah, they averaged 25 points a game, and you had those two rookies in there. At linebacker, I thought doing a great job. But, uh, Pete, what's it say about this organization? 14 wins, they've never had that. Andy Reid has never had 14 wins in his career. In, in an up-and-down, bizarre season uh, where we've dealt with COVID, the pandemic, and everything else, yet they just keep on ticking. But I think this year in particular – even makes it more impressive to have the most wins they've ever had considering all the challenges they've been dealt. Yeah, this was a, a team that had some injuries throughout the year and they've been able to uh, sustain and, and continue on and, and push forward and, and really a lot of close calls. I mean, this was now the seventh straight game with uh, the one possession game and it's kind of that cardiac Chiefs type of deal where they're having to really, I think, rely on Patrick Mahomes and, and sometimes, I guess, the defense at the end of these games to to pull it out. And they've been able to do so uh, sort of playing with fire a little bit there. And it, it makes you think about that Raiders game week five, because what would we be talking about right now if they didn't blow that game? I mean, this could be one of the most historic seasons in NFL history, but this is just progress for Andy Reid. I mean, we've watched it since 2013. This was an organization that was in the doldrums, the lowest of the lows, and has now found a way to emerge into what I believe is like a class of the NFL. I think people will want to follow what Kansas City has sort of been able to do, where you're able to find the quarterback, put him in a good situation, trade up for it if you can. So you already have some of the pieces in place. You know, I think that was a huge part of it. And then with Andy Reid, First, he made the playoffs. Then he made the divisional round. Then he got a bye. Then he finally made it to the AFC title game. You know, you win the AFC title game. You win the Super Bowl. And he's continuing to set the, the, the margin and the goal higher and higher for this club. And 14-1, and one, and we'll see what Chad Henney does next week. Maybe we'll see a 15-win team in Kansas City. Yeah, we're talking to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Pete, do you, you, you don't expect them to see Mahomes? Kelsey or Tyree Kill at all? I don't. I don't. I, and, I mean, I'm just going by what Andy Reid has done in the past. I mean, he, he just lets the guys kind of unplug from football. And, you know, you mentioned the guy like Travis Kelsey. You saw him in this game. He's, he's limping off the field, barely limping back on it. I mean, what could that break two to three weeks really do for a guy like Kelsey? You know, three weeks off your feet, that, that'll, that'll make you almost that training camp level close to that 100%. And if people can't deal with this version of Travis Kelsey after 15 straight weeks of games, what are they going to do with a guy that's been able to rest up and, 
and be ready to go. I, I think it's in the Chiefs' best interest to rest all their guys and, and put out the reserves and see what you have there, I think, as well. Pete, we have Arrowhead Pride Radio 6-7 to seven each and every Wednesday right here on 610 Sports Radio. I asked you this question last week. I asked Kling. Um, Legereus Sneed, Mac Lee Hill, the Chiefs Rookie of the Year, Legereus Sneed or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think this thing's actually getting closer than people think. It's voted on by the players. And with that in mind, I, I think it goes to Sneed. But it is close. I mean, it's a very, very close battle. Uh, Sneed was hurt by uh, the injuries. Um, I, I, I just feel like Sneed, in the time that he had, was a, he was able to show that uh, he, he, he's just unlike anyone else right now in the NFL, in my eyes. Like, I'm not only talking about rookies. I, I'm, I mean, even just simply at the cornerback position, he, he's proving that I, I think – he is shining, and, and, you know, there are cases, too, because it's a team award where you will sometimes see co-winners, so maybe that's the route they go here. I, I think both are pretty deserving. Great stuff, Pete. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, my brother. All right, man. Smell you later. <clears throat> Did it again. Did it again. I tried to dump it. Did you dump it? It got through, Bink. He, he, this, this is ridiculous. We have one game left, and he's still doing this. Postseason, Pete, better not do this. I'm just saying. Let's take some quick phone calls before we do touchdown Kansas City. Neil Lone Jack, what's up, Neil? Hey, Jay. Merry Christmas, man. You too. Man, I am not fretting today. Today is a day to celebrate. Uh, I think Marty and Vermeil and Hankstram are all proud today of Andy and Clark and Patrick and everybody on the entire team for for this historic day, 14-1. and one. Congratulations to the entire franchise. Um, I'll quote Joe's name is, I don't care how the offense was struggling today. I want to kiss someone. I want to kiss the entire franchise. We got our Christmas wish. We got that number one seed. The offense could have struggled, but I know they won't struggle in the, in, in the playoffs, right? They don't struggle that often. Now you need this defense uh, to have a big game. This, this was important for this defense yeah, to play like this. A hundred percent. This defense, get that championship swagger. I, the way they played today, this is the kind of defense that will bring us another championship. Chris Jones, Clark, Gay, Tyron, Okafor, Dana, the entire defense had a good day today. And Sneed is you – know, I agree with uh, everything you guys have been saying. Sneed is phenomenal. He, he didn't have any time the same way that Willie Gay didn't have any time, and he has been 100% great through the entire season, even without Julio Jones. That is a good offense they went up against today. And he played and corner. play defense like that, and we run the ball uh, and run the ball with success and outrun the other team, we are 100% winning uh, another chip, and I can't wait. Well, they did it by say, committee, Neil. A, a good call. They did it by committee. 46 yards for Darrell Williams. Second best rushing performance by him. He had 62 a few years ago, but 117 total yards because you think of Le'Veon Bell adding in 30. Mahomes added 21. Hardman uh, 20. One carry for 20 yards. It's by committee, but still third straight game they've outrushed their opponent. Real quick, Luke in North Kansas City. What's up, Luke? Not much, man. How are you? Good, Luke. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, a lot of people will talk about offense and and things like that um, in this game. I, I honestly thought that it was a it was a, a pretty good game on offense. The thing was is that they're all pretty tired. And also, I think that Mahomes was trying to force the ball to Kelsey a little bit because he was trying to uh, break the record. I honestly 
like, I'm not worried about it. Plus, you know, we kind of, like, uh, we're not too worried about Atlanta. You know, like, we could do, like, a hurry up and yeah. – and, uh, Five and yards just, shy of 400 yards of offense, so. Yeah, I mean, it's no big deal. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, with with this team, like, we're we're trying to develop, and it's kind of like Mahomes is playing chess, not checkers. And, you know, kind of like when you play somebody in cards and, like, you're way above them, and but you still lose because – you're playing, you know, like at a 10th level and they're playing at like bottom level. And it was just, it was one of those games where it was a little bit fluky. And honestly, the Falcons shouldn't be four and 10. It was Dan Quinn kind of screwed their season. No, they did. The Falcons uh, were much better than what they showed today. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Putting a pass, Kelsey near side, over the shoulder, makes the catch in traffic. Mahomes faking a handoff, throwing long, coming near side, Tyreek Hill, burning the Broncos, a 41-yard corner pattern to the near side. Slant pattern, intercepted at the 40-35, coming to the near side, it's one for Hill, 10-5. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City! Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Olathe Ford Lincoln. Well, the Chiefs have had 10 comeback wins. This game started off the Atlanta Falcons getting on the scoreboard first. Second down goal to go. A little inside shovel pass goes to Hurst, the tight end. Touchdown Atlanta Falcons at 335 to go in the second quarter. A favorite Chiefs play. An inside shovel pass to the tight end working right to left. And the Falcons draw the first strike in the game. This was a big drive. Nine plays, 98 yards. 98 yards on this drive, taking 509 off the clock. Hayden Hurst, beautiful play. Fake pitch to Gurley, pitched in the inside to Hayden Hurst. Very Chiefs-like play for the Atlanta Falcons. That was in the second quarter. As the first and third quarter, nobody scored, but it would be the Kansas City Chiefs next. Darrell Williams at running back. Mahomes fires it for the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Travis Kelsey blanketed by the Falcons. It didn't matter. Zeus gets six for the Chiefs and badly needed at a half minute to go in the second quarter. That makes 25 straight games with a touchdown for Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey in the last eight games, 65 catches, 915 yards, almost 1,000 yards just in the last eight games. Six touchdowns. He's got 11 on the year so far, a personal high. He also has two years of 100 yards for tight end. Never been done in the history. He also set the tight end receiving record, besting George Kittle's 1377. Remember 2018? He held the record, then Kittle took it later in the afternoon. But it it resolves just with Travis Kelsey now. No scoring in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, the Kansas City Chiefs would actually take a lead. Townsend will hold. James Winchester will snap it. 7-7 time. Just underway fourth quarter. Placement is down. Butker swings the right leg through. And it is inside the right upright and good. And the Chiefs have their first lead of the game at 14.08 to go in the game. That was in the fourth quarter. Seven plays, 28 yards, taking 231 off the clock. 53-yard field goal by Harrison Butker. And he is really starting to move up the record books as far as uh, kicks are concerned for the Kansas City Chiefs. Matter of fact, he has 13 50 or more yard field goals in his career. 
Only Nick Lowry with 20 has more. Chiefs record for most field goals, 50 or more yards any season. Harrison Butker, Nick Lowry, Cairo Santos, and, well, the aforementioned Harrison Butker, all tied with four. Harrison Butker made four 50 yards or more in 2017. So Harrison Butker tying his own record for the Kansas City Chiefs. At this point, so that's 10-7, to but the play of the game, our play of the game was Atlanta would score a touchdown again. Atlanta would get on the board again with 433 left. Eight plays, 75 yards, 325 off the clock, a five-yard pass from Laquan Treadwell to Matt Ryan. That made the score 14-10. to But with the minute 55 left in the game, here comes the Kansas City Chiefs. Kaiser in the block, now he releases. Mahomes throws for the end zone, the pass caught, wide open, touchdown! Kansas City, Demarcus Robinson on a deep post. And finally, Mahomes releases deep, had a shot, he took it, and the Chiefs regain the lead at 16-14 to on a 25-yard deep post to Demarcus Robinson. Nine plays, 75 yards, taking 235 off the clock. Patrick Mahomes does it once again. Now... The Atlanta Falcons had a chance to tie this game at 17 to 14. Had a chance to tie it. Came down with a 39-yard field goal by Young Way Koo, who's the NFL's leading scorer. He's also the NFC representative as field goal kickers. He was 35 of 36 in field goals until this. Placement is down. Koo's kick is up. And the kick is up, and it is no good. No good. Koo's only missed one all year. Remember with the Chargers, he struggled early in his career and thought he would never kick in the NFL again. Youngway Koo misses only his second field goal attempt of the season. Wide to the right side and the Chiefs have a 17-14 lead with nine seconds left. Unbelievable. The Chiefs would get the win and the first round bye. And we've talked about the significance of this. That's Mitch Holtus. Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Olathe Ford. Lincoln talked about the significance of it. The last seven Super Bowl participants all had a first round bye. Since 1978, one team has made the postseason with a first round bye. Since 1990, 60 teams have made the Super Bowl with a first round bye. As a matter of fact, with a first round bye or second round bye, you have a seven times uh percent better chance to make the Super Bowl than teams that don't. It is incredibly imperative to get the bye. And we're going to find out new stats now. With only one team in each division having a bye, set the timer. This is new. Five, ten years, we'll get a trend. We don't have a trend now and there's only one bye. Keep in mind there's number two seed a lot that have made the postseason. But since 78, at least seven or at least every year there's been a team with the bye and there's always been two. But 2012 Ravens is the last team to make the Super Bowl without receiving a first-round bye. That's since 2012. That's a long time ago. But the last seven years, a bye has been basically required for a team to be in the Super Bowl. It's that important. Andy Reid, 19-3 after a bye week in the regular season, 7-2 in the postseason with after the bye. And again, his 14th victory, and not only that, but the Kansas City Chiefs also, Kansas City Chiefs also with a franchise record, Andy Reid with a franchise record, 14 wins. 
Demarcus Robinson caught that game-winning touchdown, and we'll go inside the locker room and hear from him. Sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Demarcus Robinson with that game-winning touchdown. Rob, congrats on the win in Dubai. Uh, two couple things. Uh, you know, you get the touchdown pass after that sequence where Atlanta might have had the interception and then it was dropped. And then, of course, you're watching that field goal and it tails off that arrowhead win kind of kicked in. Just a reaction on both plays and how that, both of those sequences turned out. I um, mean, it was a crazy game. Uh, it was a hard fall. It was close. And I mean, guys are just trying to make plays, man. He, they, he made a great play, but unfortunately, he didn't he didn't end up holding on to it. Then Bucker go down and make a field goal. So it was just. It was just crazy, man, how, how the sequence just happened. And then he go down and missed the, the kick after our score. Oh, man, it was, a, it was a great day for us. Go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Good, Blair. Hey, Demarcus, um, Coach Reed and the offensive coaches will have, a, or all the coaches will have a decision to make about who to play and who not to play now that you guys have clinched the number one seed. My question is, when you were a younger player, um, did, did you find that, you know, playing in a, a lot of snaps in a, in a late season game like this, a week seven? Team game was really helpful to you. Yes, uh, the experience is always helpful for in, any of the young guys, and it was helpful for me myself. Um, I'm able to go out and still be confident that I can make plays and still be, um, still keep my head focused, even though we're not moving the ball how we would like to. So, I mean, I, I think it's a good, good thing. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Indy Rob, uh, congrats on the win. Can you just walk us through your touchdown? Oh uh, man, I was just out there having fun, man. Co- Coach called a great play, and I was just out there trying to execute it, and uh, and, uh, and me and Pat did. Let's go next to Adam Teister. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, DeMarcus. Um, Tyreek kind of made a touchdown-saving tackle, it looked like, when he ran that guy down on the interception, knocked the ball away from him. What was your view? I knew you were chasing the guy, too. What was your view of uh, that play? Uh, I was actually – I thought he was going to be tackled before he did, and he had a lot of blockers out in front of him, actually. So I, I was just making sure he wasn't going to cut back because I was on the opposite side of the field. And once I seen Tyreek chasing him down, I, I just started running myself and I seen him poke the ball out. If I was running the whole play, then I, I could have got that ball before it went out of bounds. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, DeMarcus. Uh, people will say that this wasn't one of Patrick's better games this year, but just what did you see from him, particularly when you knew you guys had to score a touchdown there on that last drive? Oh, yeah, man. He's a playmaker. He loved to make plays. And, uh, we just all trying to make plays out here. We love to take shots, and that's what we do, man. And I don't think he had a horrible game. I mean, that's our quarterback, man. He gonna, he gonna try to do whatever he can to win. He wasn't trying to make mistakes, and we all make mistakes, and we don't try to. But uh, I feel like we just go out and play hard, and if we keep doing that, we'll be all right. We'll go next and last to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, D-Rub, congrats on the win. Uh, you'll hear running backs talk a lot about if they don't get carries, it's tough to stay in a rhythm. You only had two targets in this game. How tough is it for a wide receiver to be ready for a play as big as you had to score that touchdown at the end? I mean, you just got to always stay ready. Uh, then Sammy went down, and, I mean, I had to go up and take on his role. So you never know when you're going to get the ball. You can get the ball once or none, and we still win the game or lose the game. And is no person can win the game. It was everybody blocking for that play, and, set it up. It was a scheme we set up. I mean, it wasn't all me. It was the whole team. It was all 11 of us. Great catch by Demarcus Robinson. Great rebound from Patrick Mahomes. Almost, almost throwing an interception there. Terrell got his hands on it there as uh, Tyree Kill. He's right in front of him. I knew Xavier Howard play in Miami, to be honest with you, but the Chiefs come and score again. So, anyway, Chiefs get the 17-14 to victory.
didn't score 20 points first time in 28 games. We'll hear from you, 913-576-7610, on the Silverstein Ice Center's phone line, and we'll head inside that locker room and hear from Coach Reed, Patrick Mahomes, and more next. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Chiefs win 17 to 14. I'm Jay Binkley with Kramer Sansone producing the operation. Our phone number 913-576-7610. Smitty's Garage Burgers will be your text line 913-576-7610. Some drama going on right now. 41 seconds left in Broncos and Chargers game. The Chargers actually with a three-point lead over the Broncos. The Panthers up 20 to 6 on the Washington football team with a minute 50 left. And this is now 20 to 12. As Washington has scored, they've kicked the extra points out 20 to 13. This game matters for Washington because a win would give them the, a title in the NFC least. The Cowboys up by 30 to 17 over the Eagles. Seahawks 13 to 9 with 9.32 left in the fourth. A Seahawks win would win the NFC West for the Seattle Seahawks. The Jets get their second straight win 23 to 16 over the Browns. The Browns didn't have any receivers. They were kind of caught with COVID and contact tracing, so a rough deal for them. The Steelers came back to beat the Indianapolis Colts 28-24. They win the AFC North. It looked like four straight losses for the Pittsburgh, but they find a way to come back and win. How about the Chicago Bears and Mitch Trubisky? 41-17. They're now in the playoffs. They're 8-7. It's the fourth straight game where Chicago scored at least 30 points. First time that has happened since 1965. Let's go back to the phone lines before we head back in the locker room. Talk to Big Al in North Kansas City. What's up, Big Al? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, I'm pumped. A win is a win is a win is a win, right? That's right. That's what they say. (laughs) So, no, I just want to call in and congratulate the Chiefs, man. What a, you know, to get a first-round buy, it's huge, right? Huge. Statistically, yes. Because... Because you knew that Pittsburgh for somehow was going to, you know, and I had a feeling they were going to come back in that game, and they did. They were hoping the Chiefs were going to lose so they could still make it interesting because I can tell you, now, I'm getting to my question. I can tell you that, uh, you know, coming into, going into next week's game against the Chargers, I think the Chargers are a lot better team, and I think the Chiefs would have a hell of a time if they would have lost today playing you know, the full squad against, you know, Herbert and everybody. And uh, obviously, I think, obviously, they, they're they pissed because they lost, the, the you know, week one, right, in the overtime. So, uh wanted to get your all thoughts on what your uh, uh, what your thoughts are for next week on who do you, th- you know, what players you think will be rested, like the key players that we think we should be resting, you know, including some of the O-line and stuff like that. So, anyway, I'm like to hear your thoughts. Uh, happy holidays, guys. Enjoy the rest of the season. You too. It's already a uh, 14 wins is already a the high high watermark for the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember a few years ago when they went into uh, San Diego at the time when they were the Chargers were still there in the last game of the season. It was Chase Daniel starting. I do expect Chad Henney to start. I think we've seen the last of Travis Kelsey who had a chance at that uh, receiving record in the NFL. But, again, he really doesn't care about those type of records. But they did this once against the Chargers when they played the JV going down the stretch, and that's the way it's going to be in this game as well. I wouldn't expect anything less 
from the Chiefs to rest their starters, then have that bye week. Again, Andy Reid's so good after the bye week, 19-3 and three in the regular season, 7-2 and two in the postseason. Give me Andy Reid in the bye any time of the week. Opens up a phone line for you at 913-576-7610. Let's go to Ray and KC. What's up, Ray? Yeah, I just want to say, hey, man, we're Chiefs Kingdom. We come to, to win a Super Bowl, and we don't want to be smashing everybody out. You know what I mean? That's just the way it is. Who wants to see a game that we just beat the pulp out of everybody? You know what I mean? And we know we could do that. I wouldn't mind so, it. I do. You know what I mean? I don't want to see a, a 50 to, to 3 game. You know oh, I, mean? I would. I would. Give me give me uh, that. Give me. Right. This is a cardiac uh, team, you know? But I wasn't nervous. You know, I don't think you were nervous yeah. either, Ray. We've seen this done before. Uh, we don't get nervous anymore when 15's on the Chiefs. Right. And, you know, we don't get nervous, but you know what? Uh, we're here for the playoffs. That's all That's all I got to say. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. That was 2013. They started Chase Daniel and almost won. Took it to overtime with the JV, but that's what you're going to see. Now, Justin Herbert, that first game was a surprise against the Chiefs. They were preparing for Tyrod Taylor, and they found out moments before the game it was Justin Herbert. Tyrod Taylor, uh, as far as the injections concerned, their their team doctor screwed up. And it was Justin Herbert starting heat. Matter of fact, didn't even think he was going to be the starter. And Anthony Lynn had to tell him twice, you're going to be the starter. Yeah, but what doesn't kill you makes you better. And the Chiefs uh, found out this could be a good quarterback. You get the right head coach with the Chargers. Now, Eric Bieniemy, you know, was this a tryout for the Falcons? And we'll find out eventually who had a lot of the play calling capability this game. Usually it's Andy Reid, but was this an audition for the Falcons? Raheem Morris has actually done a good job down the stretch with this team. Hasn't done too bad, but they can't find a way to win, which is a real problem. Richard in Overland Park, what's up? I, I'm very, very concerned, actually. I, I, uh, I agree with your comments that I would have loved to have seen a blowout today. The fact that we didn't, in the last couple of weeks, pull away when we should have pulled away uh, makes me very nervous heading into playoffs. So I agree that also you're going to see the junior varsity against the Chargers, and you're going to have virtually two weeks off for Pat, Kelsey, you know, Tyreek, uh, just the normal starters. Great for the offensive line, but I'm very concerned about Russ. I'm very concerned about lackluster performances down the stretch, one-score games, uh, playing to the level of our competition and who um, we could have real trouble with with momentum in the playoffs. So what, I, what I'm interested in your take on is who do you see in terms of now that we have the bye, where does the grid fall? Who is our likely one or two opponents? And where do we see potential disappointment uh, uh, for the end of the year? I, I sure hope not, but I think that's a realistic thought right now. I'll take I, it off the air. Thank you. I think the Bills are the next best team in the AFC. I do. I think the way they play, but the Chiefs showed they can play against. Matter of fact, the Chiefs had their best rushing performance against the Bills. The run defense with the Bills, that's a concern. They've given up 200 yards a game in each one of their losses. Again, as you look at the seeding as it stands right now, it's Kansas City number one, Pittsburgh's number two. They were down 24-7 to today, came back and won. Good job, Pittsburgh, but they lost three straight games before that, including to the Cincinnati Bengals. Third seed, Buffalo Bills. Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park. They're not scared of them. Fourth seed is Tennessee. Tennessee was on a hell of a roll, even beating the Chiefs in the regular season until they got here in the postseason. 
Derrick Henry was shut down to 69 yards. Number five seed, Miami. Chiefs have beaten the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Six seed, Baltimore, 0-3. Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes, not concerning. Seventh seed at this point is Cleveland. Indianapolis, by the way, is out of the playoffs at this continue at this point. That was a team that concerned me. That blown lead doesn't. How, how does Cleveland scare you? Now, they didn't have their receivers today, but they lost to the Jets. And let's face it, you don't need your receivers to beat the Jets. Jets have won two straight. If any team can blow a franchise-type quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, it's the Jets. It's the Jets. This is why, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I don't know if I want to go to the Jets. Let's go to Reggie in Anaheim. What's up, Reg? Hey, what's going on, Bink? How you feeling? How you, Reggie? Uh, you know, it, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, not really much to really talk about. I mean, you know, a win's a win. Um, although the last month of the season so far, they've they've been a little underwhelming offensively. Uh, defensively, though, man, you got to really give. Uh, a tip of the cap to the defense, man. They they really uh, held serve and, and kept the, uh, the, uh, the 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 Chiefs in the game, uh, even when, at times when our offense has just been a little head scratching. To be honest with you, now I know we've got a lot of uh, shuffling going on on the offensive line, and we got a lot of injuries and stuff like that. So I'll kind of reserve my judgment. And uh, in perpetuity until you know, until we get at least get somewhat healthy on the offensive line. But I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm not a little bit uh, concerned about the offense uh, going into the playoffs because they don't seem to be clicking as well. And one of the things, and I'll take my thoughts off the air. One of the things I think would um, jumpstart the offense a little bit more is if Pat would use his legs a little bit more. To uh, to extend uh, the drives, you know, not necessarily just using his legs to buy time to get the ball down the field, but actually using his legs to pick up five or six or seven or even twenty chunk yards at a time to kind of loosen up those those defenses on the back end when he has the opportunity. Because I still think he, he holds the ball a little bit too long. But other than that, man, um, you know, Rich Rich uh, first world problems complaining about a fourteen and one team, but I. I, do, I would like to see the offense kick it in the high gear these last week of the season. All right, take care. Thanks, Reggie. I don't know what you're going to see next week with the offense, but keep this in mind. The previous two games against the Dolphins and Saints, they were facing the number two and number four scoring defense in the NFL. The Saints were the number two overall defense. This offense scored over 30 against those teams, and they left points off the board against the Dolphins. They've scored 65 points against the number two and four scoring defense in the NFL. That doesn't concern me. Today they scored 17 points, okay? The first time under 20 in 28 games. They came into the day as the number one scoring offense in the NFL. So say what you want about the offense. They came into the game today tied with the Titans at 31.1 points per game. The Packers are at 31 points a game. It's barely behind. The Chiefs are going to fall behind in this, but the scoring defense was eighth in the NFL, 22.1 points a game. That's going to get better. We should all take solace. I'm not worried. Patrick Mahomes has proved he can come back and win games. Tenth comeback win for the Chiefs. Knowing how to win is a big thing in the NFL. These games are often not blowouts. We, we're used to it. We're getting a little spoiled, to be quite honest with you. But this, this defense showed signs today. 12 quarterbacks hits, four by Jones, three by Frank Clark, four sacks. That's what you want to see. And Willie Gay, this, this is the future linebacker with the Chiefs. He's flying around making sticks. And Lajarius Sneed 
that to me has made the Mackley Hill winner, the Chiefs Rookie of the Year, very, very interesting between him and Clyde, who's had more impact for the Chiefs. If I had a vote on it, which I don't, it's the players that vote on it, I would give it to Legereus Steed. I think he's had that kind of impact with the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go to Rex and Gladstone. What's up, Rex? Well, all right, the big question is, do we rest everybody? We've got the bye week. Might as well. Well, I, I, part of me agrees with that. Part of me kind of disagrees because we've seen it in the past. Other teams take the 17th week off. Then they get the first round bye. Then they come out. The Chiefs was a little flat today. Yes, we won the game. But, you know, like you said earlier, we're used to 35, 40 points a game, you know, and hitting the big passes downfield with Kyrie King. And the last couple weeks that hasn't happened, and I'm a little nervous about if we rest everybody and we get the first round by, and then we got two weeks off, what is it going to be like in the first round of the playoffs? Well, let me ask Thank you this, Ray. Let me ask you okay, this, Ray. Ahead. Let me ask you this, Ray. They did not have rookie minicamp. They did not have OTAs. They did not have mini camp. They had a training camp at Arrowhead, spaced out apart. They had a lot of Zoom calls from the coaches, and yet they went out and won thirty-four to twenty to the Texans. And I get it; the Texans haven't exactly had a great season, but they look pretty sharp in Week One, considering that huge layoff. No preseason games. They came out ready to play. Right. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I take that, you know, as a barometer. Texans hadn't lost the game at that point. It was a playoff team from last year, a team that had a 24 point lead on the Chiefs at Arrowhead, a team looking for a little revenge. Chiefs hadn't played, but yet they came out and they looked a lot sharper than I was expecting in the first game. What well, that was in the beginning of the year. Look around the league today. No, I know that, but I'm just saying they had a long layoff. Right. They had an incredibly long layoff where you should expect rust. You're right. You're right. Look at the games today. Uh, Seattle game. I think it's nine to thirteen right now. Yes, you're not putting up big in December. You're not putting up huge amount of points. This time of year is about defense, and not only that, running running the football. The Chiefs ran for 117 yards. They've now outran their last three opponents. Matter of fact, their last nine, they've only given up 104 yards twice. In both those games, happened to the Denver Broncos. Well, let's hope Clyde gets healthy and we can put a running game in our first round and. Man, I'm just enjoying the ride, buddy. I thank you for my time. Well, enjoy it, my friend. Last right. 24 weeks, they've won 23. That means you've gone to work on Monday at the water cooler. I don't know if they still have water coolers anymore. Um, I really don't know. I don't know if they've gone to bottle of water. Whatever. You understand what I'm saying. Chatting around the office with the Chiefs. I know at 610 Sports Radio, there's been one time on a Monday – in the last 400, what, 13, 14 days that we've come in and had to talk about a loss. One time. And that was to the Raiders, who were getting T-shirts printed for Week 5 champions and getting their Super Bowl rings for winning Week 5. Victory laps, and you name it. Because you know what the Raiders did? They peed down their leg for the second straight year. This is what they do. And yesterday was a perfect example. They, tr- they kneeled the ball instead of scoring a touchdown and gave the Dolphins time. And Fitzpatrick, you do not do this with Fitzmagic. Tua's going to be the starter next week, but they, 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 they put in the relief pitcher. And Kramer, that's an unusual thing, what they do. Because everybody always sticks with their starter. Tua's their starter. If he's not getting the job done, they put in Fitzmagic. And Fitzmagic made the throw of the year. 
The Raiders did their best to grab the face mask. He didn't know where he was throwing it. Still, he throws the game-winning throw against the Raiders. Right now, if you're the Raiders or Broncos, it looked like they're bringing back Vic Fangio. That should make Chiefs fans happy. Real happy. Because right now, it's between Kansas City and the Chargers going forward. It's about Patrick Mahomes, and it's about Justin Herbert. Chiefs have five straight division championships. They don't even care anymore. Yeah, they gave up the hats and everything. That didn't matter. This first round by, but does matter. This was huge. Again, 79% of the team since 90 that have a first round by make the Super Bowl. One team since 78 has made the Super Bowl every year. The last seven years, teams with a bye have made the Super Bowl from each conference. 2012 Ravens were different. They still won the division, but they're a wild card team. Played the first weekend. But you have to go back to 2012, a team that never buy. And now that there's the precious one, all teams are fighting for that one seed. And the Chiefs have it. But again, look at who's in the playoffs. Does anybody really, really scare you? Does Pittsburgh scare you? They've lost three or four down the stretch. Buffalo, third seed, you beat them. Tennessee, I don't care. Tannehill goes how Derrick Henry goes. You stop him. And again, the Chiefs have outrun their last three opponents. Seven of the last nine games, 104 yards or less. Derrick Henry came in here killing everybody. Did not get. Matter of fact, this is the Chiefs rushing totals 80, 60, 90 against them the last three games. That's not exactly world beaters against the Chiefs. And Derrick Henry was shut down in the postseason last year. That game didn't scare me. Shouldn't scare you either. Miami, the fifth seed. Chiefs didn't play their best game. This game be at Arrowhead Stadium. Give me the Dolphins again. Baltimore's a sixth seed. Patrick Mahomes is 3-0 against Lamar Jackson. They are their kryptonite, as they said. Seventh seed is Cleveland that lost to the New York Jets today. And I get it. They didn't have receivers. Big deal. And Indianapolis just still kind of hanging around. To me, Indianapolis is scarier than Cleveland. So I hope Cleveland ends up making the playoffs, to be quite honest with you, because they're not yet ready for prime time. Let's go back in that locker room for sounds of the game. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the head coach and winner of 14 games for the first time in his history and the Kansas City Chiefs history. Here's Big Red. Okay, good. Um, Really, the the two injuries are Ben Neiman, has a right hand hamstring strain and Sammy Watkins has a calf strain. So um, listen, I'm, I'm proud of the guys, but I'm 14 and one. There's nothing to shake your head at. Um, the, I thought we <clears throat> did a good job in the red zone uh, for the most part. Uh, there's one we'd like to have back, uh, but for the most part, we did okay. There's situational football with the, um, with the two minute uh, drive at the end. Uh, the big sack before the, the field goal uh, with 55 and 95, and they were in there uh, quite a little bit throughout the day. Um, on the pass rush, uh, the young linebackers, they finished the game, uh, were flying around and, and making plays. Sneed, another young guy, flying around and making plays. And then uh, when it's all said and done, you've got a, you've got a bye week. And... Uh, uh, coming up after our next game. So, um, and that that's, uh, there are only two teams that will have that this year. Um, one on each, the, one in the AFC and NFC. So that becomes important. 
uh, we, we can use that as a as a healing time and get ourselves back healthy and ready ready to roll. So and, and with that, we'll uh, we'll get ourselves ready this next week to play against a good Chargers football team. And and uh, I haven't made any decisions. I would never do that before a game uh, uh, where I'm depending on somebody else uh, and or myself. Uh, you know, with that. So I. <clears throat> With the, I, I wasn't banking on Pittsburgh winning or anything else or, or losing. Um, so I, I haven't made any decisions there. So if you're going to go that direction, you can just ask him other questions. All right. Go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. Um, looked like Tyreek kind of uh, saved the game. Maybe with the, he came a long way to, to uh, tackle the guy, knock the ball away from him on the interception. Did you see that play? And maybe say something to him afterwards. Well, I mean, listen, he he made a great effort to get the ball. I mean, there, and um, you know, we had some linemen that were chasing also, and are working our tackling down there a little lower. But we did a did a nice job uh, getting after it there. But yes, Tyreek's done that before. He did it again, and um, I, I told him good job. Go next to Sam Mellinger. Good, Sam. Hey, Andy, um, I know you're going to want to watch the tape, obviously, and there's probably not a simple solution, but what, what is your diagnosis of what the Falcons were doing to kind of slow you guys, um, you know, offensively, especially, you know, before that last drive? Yeah, I mean, they did a heck of a job. Um, you know, I'd, I'd take responsibility for that. I, I, we've got to just kind of get ourselves back into, into rhythm here. I think we, uh, you know, we just weren't sharp uh, as, we, as we need to be, and I've got to go back and look at the plays. Listen, um, Make sure we're dialing up the right things and and um, and then executing them, or at least dialing them up in the right order, and and then go from there. And then uh, I've told you before, I'm gonna look at what I did and uh, what we set up for the players, and then we'll we'll look at what the players could do to get better. Um, the one positive was they battled like crazy, and then you know here's Pat, um, you know just ripping ripping a heart out with that last throw. I mean to to D Rob and then, you know, he could have hung his head and he's going to give me more. I'm, I'm like a good pitcher. I'm going to keep firing. Man. So uh, he did that and he worked through everything that was going on before any frustration or whatever was going on before he worked through it. And here, here he came out on the, the right end. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Good, Matt. Coach, uh, I know the win is the important thing here, but uh, Trav made some NFL history. It's most receiving yards ever by a tight end in a single season. As what can you say about Travis and his season this year? Yeah, listen, I'm so proud of him in so many ways. I mean, on that and off the field, and um, you know, he's he's just a heck of a heck of a football player. Great, great person too, and keeps it a, keeps it alive. I mean, for the young guys to see this guy that he's getting up there in age, uh, but gets excited for every opportunity he has, I think is a special deal. So, um, uh, you know, he's just, he's really, he's done a nice job and made a nice career of this thing. And uh, like I said, on and off the field and kind of grown up right before us. <clears throat> Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Andy, you had to play a couple of new guys on defense who played more snaps than usual. Just what did you like about the defensive performance considering that they kind of kept you in the game? Uh, through most of the second half. Yeah, listen, I thought it was a valuable time for Willie and, you know, a couple of the other linebackers there. I mean, it was, uh, um, you, know, you just, you know, it's it's hard to put a price on that, uh, that experience that they, they just got. 
against a good offensive football team. This team here is, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird deal because they've been so close like this game. They've been so close and just haven't been able to finish it off with a, with a W, but they're right there battling. And Raheem, I, you know, Raheem has done, I think a tremendous job for them. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping that Mr. Blank, uh, you know, keeps him. I mean, he's a, He's really done a nice job. And Dirk Cutter, their offensive coordinator, I think is tremendous. Defensive coordinator had a heck of a game plan together. And now you got Bob Sutton there. You guys know again what I think of Bob. And 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 uh, and so they they've got you know they they've really got a good football team and they they're playing. And this is a team that could have just puffed the tent right there and said it's over, but they battled. So I think there's something to be said for that. Next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Congrats on the win, Coach. Uh, I was curious about uh, your take on on Daryl Williams. I know that it seemed like Pat was maybe getting a little bit covered in the secondary, and you guys turned to the run there, and he was able to really push forward after seemingly being replaced during the middle of the year, just staying with it. I was just curious your thoughts on Williams. Yeah, listen, he's never hung his head or anything. He just kind of keeps going, and he does well in the pass game. He's always been our third down guy there, so and now he's had an opportunity again to show and show what he can do, and he did a nice job. Levy got kind of banged up there for a second, and and uh, the, he stepped in and did a heck of a job. Took advantage of the opportunity. So, yeah, that's that was a real plus for him. Got time for a few more. We'll go Aaron Vahe and Sam. Go ahead, Aaron. Coach, you touched on it a little bit, but to have that buy in your back pocket now to play with, what kind of flexibility does that offer you going forward? Yeah, well, I've got to sit down and think about all that and <clears throat> where we sit with it, but. Um, if we need to wrestle a person, obviously it gives us that opportunity, but it, it also, I look at it the other way. It gives us an opportunity to uh, possibly get some guys in that haven't played much to get them some experience. And there's nothing like that. So, um, and, and you don't do anything other than try to prepare yourself to, to win games. So it doesn't matter <clears throat> who's in or not. Um, that's how uh, you go about your business here. And, and uh, so that's, that's the way we'll go about this week. Where whoever's playing, um, that's how we're going about it. Next to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Andy. Um, just also related to Travis, we all obviously recognize his talent, but I, but I wonder what you'd say about the, the traits that make him able to come through in the clutch, especially when it looked like he was nursing a couple injuries today. Well, he's banged up. You know, our guys put in these 99 snaps this past week, and, um, you know, and so now you come back and, and, and you're – a week probably isn't enough for once you do 99 snaps, maybe, uh, you know, possibly. So, uh, but uh, listen, he sucked it up as the other guys did and battled through it and, and uh, whatever Knicks they had, they pushed through it and did a, did a nice job. And when it came to clutch time, I always told you that, you know, um, with he and Patrick, they've got a special thing going and, and um, Patrick banked on him down the stretch and he came through, you know, the last to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, what, what's your biggest takeaway from a game like this? I mean, you mentioned that you weren't as sharp as you wanted to be, but, you know, it's obviously a league where upsets happen. Teams get knocked off every week. You guys survive that. What, what's sort of at the forefront of your mind after a game like this? Yeah, well, listen, I, I appreciate that. When I say I appreciate the effort, I mean, winning in this league is tough. You see it every week and you see teams go through these peaks and valleys and, um, to be able to just consistently push through, everyone's not going to be the prettiest one that, that you've had. Uh, but the bottom line is you got to keep battling. 
And if, it, if you don't battle, you, you can't do anything, right? So um, there's no way you're going to survive in this. But And so the mental toughness is a part that I respect and I understand the demands when you're, when you won the championship and it was our first time, that was our first time doing it. That you can say all you want. You can come out and say, Hey, you know, you're going to be everybody's big game. Uh, but until you experience it and find the demands on continuing to bring the product out and, and, and working your game, um, you know, then uh, words don't explain it. So, but these guys are mentally, our guys are tough. They're mentally tough. And to put together what they have to this point, I just, my hat goes off to them, man. I just, I appreciate the effort. And I get to see it every day, you know, so, um, and they, they battle through. And that's, uh, that's going to help us down the road. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. There's Andy Reid. He's 100% right. Mentally tough. This team is as mentally, more mentally tough than any team in this league. That should give you some solace. And he took to a Patrick Mahomes having that killer instinct, which he does. This seven straight games, less than seven points. You got to be mentally tough to win those games. And again, AJ Terrell almost picked off um, Tyree Kill in the end zone and it landed on him. Should have picked it, but he didn't. Then they challenge it and they wasted a timeout, which was dumb. I thought there was a couple dumb coaching decisions. Obviously, they intercepted the ball in the two yard line. Should have knocked it away. It was fourth down. Dumb play by Atlanta. They could have had the ball where the Chiefs did. But they took the interception instead. I get it. It's a momentum game. But you got to think. It's a thinking's man game. You got to think about it. But in the end, it doesn't matter. They did go 98 yards on their best. It was the most impressive drive of the game. But again, Patrick Mahomes, ice water in the veins, comes right back the next play, like baseball, like closure. You forget about what happened the night before, and you come back and score. That's about being mentally tough. This team should give you some comfort. They're mentally tough. In this game, it's a, it's a game of blowouts. It's a game of we should have won. The Jets, they win two straight. You kidding me? Browns are over 10-point favorites, 17-point favorites of the Rams. They still win. It's the NFL. Weird things happen. It's the way it is. We're accustomed to these big-time wins. We want one. Have the Chiefs put their complete A game together? I don't think so. Ravens game the closest, but they did give up a return to DeVarney. So it wasn't a complete game. But they're still winning these games. Take some comfort in that for the postseason. Neil wants to talk about uh, Travis Kelsey, who we'll hear from in just a second. Yeah, hey, I just want to get back on one more time. I'm sorry, I forgot to say congratulations, Travis. Had to say it. Congratulations. Great, great game. Great hit. Great, um, great record. Congratulations, Travis. And uh, J-Dog, shout out to J-Dog. Thanks, Jay. There you go. Travis Kelsey is unbelievable. He is the best tight end in the NFL, and he's the best tight end in NFL history. He just is. The only tight end ever to have over 100 catchers in two seasons. He got his personal record the day of 105. He had 103 in 2018. Had his most touchdowns the day with 11. And even George Kittle that year in 2018 where Travis Kelsey had the record and he beat him, he had five touchdowns. Travis had 10. He's the only tight end in history with five straight 1,000-yard seasons. He's the only tight end in NFL history with four straight 1,000-yard seasons. He and Greg Olson are tied as the only tight ends. They have three straight at a 1,000-yard at seasons. He is the greatest of all time playing that position. And we should appreciate what we're seeing from him. There, there's no tight end that has been better than Travis Kelsey. He is crushing every record. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. And as of right now, he's the leading receiver in the NFL. But don't be surprised by that. Last year, he was fourth in the NFL in receiving yards. 
He was number one in the AFC, including wide receivers, in receiving yards. This is not his first rodeo. Let's hear from Travis Kelsey on the sounds of the game. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Travis Kelsey. Hey, Travis, two big-time records broken today, man. What does it mean to have your name etched in history like that? Um, You know, it's uh, it's cool to be a part of. And uh, it's a, the, the real record I'm proud of right now is that it's the first time the Chiefs have ever been 14-1. And um, we're going to try and make it 15-1 next week. Uh, I really don't get caught up in the in the in the personal accolades. Um, I, I work my tail off to to just try and be the best teammate and the best player I can be for this organization, on and off the field. And um, you know, getting recognized like that uh, is uh, <clears throat> it's awesome because the uh, the, the te- my teammates, my coaches, the people in this building um, are proud of me in that regard. And uh, heck, it can uh, it can make my family extremely happy. Give them something they can talk smack to the. Uh, to the person next to him. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just, uh, there's always uh, more to accomplish in, the, in, in, a, in a team game. Let's go next to Vahe Gregorian. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Travis, one quick question, then a quick follow-up. I, I know we've asked you about this a lot of times, but what is it that you'd point to that you think allows you and Patrick to have this like almost ESP with each other? It just seems like you guys know how to find each other in the most crucial moments. Um, I think it's just trust. Uh, a lot of a lot of hard work put in, a lot of time spent, um, and just being on the same page as, as Pat. I mean, he's he's got everybody in the world after him every single play because he's he's the one with the ball in his hand. And uh, I just try and make it easier for him, as well as uh, you know Tyreek, Cole, Sammy, uh, and all the backs. Like we just we just go out there and we try and you know do our best to get open as fast as possible for him. And uh, it just kind of happens to play out that, you know, when uh, adversity hits, Pat Mahomes plays his best. And just the other thing is, I know everybody's banged up this time of year, but it looked like you uh, came limping back in at one point and maybe you came down harder on your shoulder earlier. What, can you just sort of describe uh, what what your body's going through this time of year? And, and did you have to shrug off a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you got to walk a few things off. You got to kind of regroup, let the uh, the discomfort or the pain settle. And just go back out there and keep playing, knowing that knowing that the guy next to you is going through something similar, or you know he could be going through something similar. And um, and I love being there for these guys. You know, I love being there for uh, for the coaching staff, for the organization, for uh, Chiefs Kingdom when it when it matters most. Let's go next to Matt. Got a lot of honor, honor and pride in that. Sorry, yeah. Hey Travis, uh, big touchdown there at the end of the first half, tied the game. Can you just walk us through that play? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, uh, when it was called, we, we were, I, I believe the clock was kind of taken down on us. So Pat spit it out real quick. And, uh, I think Sammy might have uh, missed a few things on it. Um, but as he motioned over, we, we figured it out. And sure enough, Pat was right on time with the throw. And I was able to, you know, just barely get across the goal line. But that's all you need. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Travis, you uh, guys have the number one seed for the second time in three years, as you know. You feel like it's more important than ever this year because you guys are the only team, at least in the AFC, that was going to get that first round by? Um, I mean, it's important every year to be able to get a, a week off or I'm sorry, a, a, a week of preparation, you know, the, a, a week of, you know, really locking in and, and getting the body right uh, that late in the season is uh, it's 
it's so key and, it, and it's much needed uh, if you want to really make that playoff push. And uh, that's what you work your tail off for all season. And uh, I'm just proud to, you know, be a part of this team uh, to be able to do it yet again this year. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Travis, can you sort of pinpoint what didn't work for the majority of the game and what exactly worked maybe better on that final scoring drive? I mean, the Atlanta Falcons are a good football team. Don't let the don't let the the score or you know their previous games uh, deter you from that. I mean, that that team has a lot of guys that play their tail off. Um, great coaches, um, and 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 it seems like guys that play for each other. You know, they rally around on defense and offensively. They got a lot of talent over there, and it's just you know trying to find a way to win a football game. You, there's, there's just so many different factors that can play into why things aren't going as great or as smooth as you want them to. And you just try, you know, after every single play, regroup, figure out what just happened and how to fix it. And the next play or the next drive, go out there and try and, you know, accomplish the goal, which is to put six up. But hats off to the defense. The defense played their tails off uh, to hold that offense <clears throat> under, you know, 20 points or whatever they scored. I you know, to hold them to, to only a couple scores, man, that's a <laughs> that's second to none. That's second to none. That really pushes through to, to help just win the game. Let's go next to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Patrick. I'm sorry. Uh, Travis, uh, congratulations on the record. A couple of questions for you. Uh, I, I'm interested, you know, in knowing your thoughts on playing in a, in a Week 17 game that, you know, has no bearing on you all in the playoff season, but are you someone who hopes to continue to play next week, or do you think sitting out three weeks is, is the way to go? And then also, since we probably won't have you on this week, could you talk a little bit about the virtual chat that you all did with, with the Old Spice and talking about, you know, speaking out against racism with the, with the students? Yeah, I'll talk on that first off. Um, uh, Old Spice um, came together with a lot of the NFL, a couple of NFL players, and really wanted to get in the communities to uh, to help support um, young men graduating in in the high school rank. And um, with that, we all teamed up with the Black Boy documentary, which a couple of NFL guys have been a part of, Malcolm Jenkins being one. Um, and unbelievable job of really just really getting a good grasp of of what it means to be a, a young black male in America and, and how prideful you should be of that. And that uh, there's a lot of stuff that is, that's going on around the world and around this country that's, um, you know, it's not fair and it's unjust. And uh, to be able to get into the classrooms and talk to these kids, um, let them know that they are appreciated and that they are, you know, they, they do have support uh, to become people, uh, to become somebody and to, uh, and, you know, just to have that support system. Um, I thought it was a great initiative and I definitely wanted to be a part of it. Um, and going to that 17, week 17, uh, that's, I believe that starts maybe next year. Um, but in terms of this this year, okay, so in terms of next week, um, oh, I, I get you what you're saying now. So game 16, but week 17 of the season. I, I would say um, I'm just gonna come in on uh, on Wednesday and, and, and get ready to work, man. And, that, and it is what it is. I, uh, if, if, if I end up suiting up and I get a chance to, to, to play against the Chargers, then you'll see me out there giving it my all. And um, if not, then uh, I'll be out there cheering all my guys and, and trying to be every bit of uh, a part of the, the, the game that I can be for you guys. We'll go last, Steve Walls. Good, Steve. 
Hey, what's up, Travis? Uh, fans want you guys to go out and always show your high-powered offense and blow teams out. Uh, it seems like uh, you guys sometimes play down to your competition. I just want to get your thoughts on that. And this league is, uh, it can get very uh, confusing to a lot of people. Um, they think since we have the best quarterback and two great receivers and, uh, you know, a defensive line sack nation, they think that we should just go out there and just dominate every single game, every single play. And it's, it, that's not, that's not reality. What's reality is that, you know, these other, these guys on these other teams and all these teams are coming in here knowing that uh, they're going up against a good football team. So they get geared up, they get fired up, and their attention, their alertness is that much more uh, locked in. And um, you know, it's just uh, it's playing ball. It, it is what it is. You got to you, you have to respect the guys across from you, and and know that you're going to get their best shot. And I mean, sometimes uh, you just have to find a way to win a football game. You know, and uh, and that's what we did. That was the goat, Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Once again, a fantastic season for him. Sets the record for most yards. For a tight end in NFL history, the only tight end ever to have two 100-yard receiving season. Five straight 1,000-yard seasons, but he already had that record. Next guy was Willie Gay, who had his most productive game as a Chiefs second-round pick. He came out of the draft as the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. Led the Chiefs in tackles today, nine tackles, seven solos, one tackle for loss. But Willie Gay really stepped up and shined today in the absence of uh, Hitchens, and Wilson. Wilson's been out a few games with the knee, but Anthony Hitchens didn't play, was on the COVID list. But Willie Gay stepped up and played fantastic against an offense that was the number four passing offense in the NFL, scoring 25 points a game. Here's Willie. Willie, congratulations on the game. You know, you kind of go through the whole season here. You get a lot of play time today. How would you assess your performance out there? It seemed like you were pretty quick and reacting to the ball well. And I also want to get your thoughts on when you saw that ball kind of make the arrowhead win and just kind of drift over to the side at the end there. Uh, well, man, first with the first question, man, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, being uh, being able to play as much as I did, you know, uh, you know, we was building on this week and, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't perfect for me, but uh, we came out with the win and I had a lot of fun. We had fun and it was a great feeling, man. And uh, at the end with the field goal, I saw I saw it kind of kind of angle off, man. I was like, oh, my God, I know he's not going to miss this kick. And, like his first missed kick is the, the kick to tie the game up and, you know, it, Gives us the win, so it was big for them, man. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Willie. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your forced fumble. Did you realize that you had forced that ball out when you first hit it? And uh, just walk us through that play if you can. Uh, well, man, no, I didn't realize it at first. And because uh, I, when I hit him, I just, you know, rolled off to the side. And I looked back and I saw Darius Harris scoop it up. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty big play, you know. And I was, I was hoping he was going to score, you know. But, I was joking with him. He ain't the fastest guy in the room, you know, so it's all good. <laughs> Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Willie, congratulations. I, I know that Coach Spags has mentioned how much Anthony Hitchens helps you out in the field. How did you guys overcome not having him out there this week? Uh, you know, man, Hitch is a great leader, man. You know, he really keeps all of us going, all the linebackers, you know, every position. And when he's out, Ben even does a great job and, you know, Today, Ben went down, man, so it was like, oh, okay, now we got to, you know, be self-starters. And uh, I told myself I had to, you know, lead the linebackers best way I could, man, vocally and, you know, show it on the field, do my part, do my job, most importantly. And, uh, you know, came out with the win, man, so it was a lot of fun. 
Good next to Matt Derrick. Good Matt. So you were talking about you and and Darius and Omari out there playing today. I'm curious what you what you thought about playing with those guys. I mean, you worked with them a lot in practice, obviously, but how did they play? And especially Darius looked like he was wearing the green dot. Oh yeah, man. You know, I was telling those guys. You know, when Ben went down, I was like, man, they just uh, like train like rookie minicamp all over again. Uh, it was just us three out there, you know, doing drills, running over plays. And I told them, you know, if we win this game, I told them this in the second quarter. If we win this game, it'll be, you know, something special, you know, to not have none of the starting linebackers, but just have us, you know. And and we did our job, man. And it was and Darius Harris did a great job, you know, at the end in the in the fourth quarter, you know, uh, just calling plays and doing his job, you know. So it was big. There you go, Willie Gay. Red or the green dot means you're calling the plays from the sideline. So the green dot means players that are able to communicate with the sideline, but chiefs get the first round by, and that's incredibly important. Again, 79% of teams since 1990 go to the super bowl with a first round by last seven super bowls have taken place with a team with the first round by going all the way back to 2012 when the Ravens won it. A huge thanks to Josh Klingler, the sideline voice of the Kansas city chiefs for joining us and Pete Sweeney that joins us each and every week, the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Enjoyed that. Plus, loved hearing all that sound by Santa Fe Auto Sound in the locker room. That was good stuff. They're a great job by Kramer Sansone producing the operation. I'm Jay Binkley. Talk to you at 5.58 in the morning with Ryan Mikowski and Josh Klingler. Let's talk some Chiefs.